Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up and welcome back to another kind of funny screencast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes. Joined by, for the very last time, it's Christmas in August, Joey Noel. I don't like that September is this close. It's I, too yeah. close. Also, it, this year's too fast. I feel too like curious. the way you're phrasing that seems like Joey's going to like go it's somewhere. morbid. It's scary. Oh, where are you, yeah, where are you going, completely. Joey? Where are you going? Don't go anywhere. Of course, <laughs> that other voice you hear is the big dog, Kevin Coelho. What up, dudes? I thought you were going in for a bark and you couldn't even get it out. (laughs) 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 We've all been there. It's Friday, everybody. Uh, This is what we do here on the Kind of Funny Screencast. We usually watch movies Thursday night. We get together Friday morning and we talk about them. We review them. We review movies and TV shows. Guess what? Every week we're reviewing Marvel Studios' What If. It's exciting. You can watch it. Where can they watch it, Kevin? That's a fantastic question. Thank you for asking. YouTube.com slash kindoffunny or roosterteeth.com. If you wanted it as a podcast, guess what? You can get that as a podcast. Just search for Kind of Funny Screencast on your favorite podcast service. If you wanted to get the show ad-free, there's only one place you want to be, patreon.com slash kindoffunny. We love and support you any way you want to love and support us. So thank you for all of that. Today, we're talking about Candyman, Nia DaCosta's Candyman horror movie. Of course, as always, we're going to do a spoiler-free review. Then we'll make it very clear we're getting into spoilers and we'll transition into said spoilers. Joey Noel, I want to start with you. What did you think of Candyman? Man, this is a movie where like I liked so many elements of it, pretty much except for most of the actual story and plot. Like I think the acting is really good. I think it's like paced out fairly well. I think that the direction and the way that they use camera angles and stuff like that is really, really good. The performances are great. But there's like something about the story that didn't quite click with me. I will say that none of us as far, none of us have seen the original Candyman, correct? Good point. No, I have not. So that is, I feel like also a factor maybe in not really loving parts of the story. I feel like there's definitely things I'm missing uh, not having that background. Um but yeah, I this is a I was talking with Kevin on our way home last night of like I need to figure out a new category of movie of like I am somewhere in the middle on it, but it's a fun movie to talk about. So that means that I like object I like it. It's ranks higher because it's a fun movie to like theorize and go back and debate on, which is kind of <clears throat> I think this is a better movie than old, obviously, but I put old in like a similar ranking thing of like, it's not, that was not great, but it was fun to talk about. So I had a better time with it. Evan. Uh, the movie has a bunch of issues. Um, I think the story, it, it, I think the message is the the biggest problem where like, it seems like I, I feel like the movie could have been really strong and they make certain decisions that like really, really weaken the story, and it's kind of kind of a bummer. Um, but like Joey was saying, a lot of aspects of it are good to enjoyable. Like like the acting is good uh, for a lot of people. There are some people that 
really stand out as not great. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> uh, it's weird that they went with that direction on on these characters. Um, but I, I mean, overall, I enjoyed it more than several movies I've gone to see in the theaters. Uh, I think that um, it does a good job building tension and making you feel uncomfortable. It is a little bit more like of a gore fest than I thought it was going to be. But like that yeah. actually might be my fault. I, I don't know. Like, again, I don't I haven't seen the previous one. So maybe that's in line with that. And um, yeah, but I mean, I, overall, it's right on the middle of my scale where it's like, I don't know that I would recommend you go to see it in theaters. When it comes to Netflix, I'd say check it out and see what it does to, for you. Yeah, like we said, none of us have seen the the first one. But when we were little, Kevin's mom saw it and scared the hell out of us by telling us the the entire <laughs> plot. And she would, anytime we we're in front of a mirror, she would always like try to get me and Kev to do it, and we wouldn't do it. Fuck that noise! Get the Every hell out of here. Every time they did in the movie, I was like, I don't understand. I don't yeah. understand what. Like, even if it's not real, like, why would you bring that? Why would you bring that? <laughs> don't bring that energy to this thing. Uh-uh. Yeah, this this movie for me is it's my biggest disappointment uh, for a movie I've seen in the theaters since we've returned to theaters. And I, I think it's just because there was an expectation that I had for, for this type of movie. I think we're in a, a new era of horror movies and especially horror movies with a purpose that aren't just to scare you. And I think we've seen some so many major successes that I think the standard's been raised for this type of commentary mixed with horror because those things blend so well together especially when you got jordan peele working on uh the film in any capacity uh but when you look at things like get out that is like you know uh, to call it even a modern classic i think is underselling how important that movie is uh and then even us which i didn't like as much but it still had uh, a lot of that that high quality bar and a lot of the the commentary mixed with horror in this like really cool unique way and then there's the other side of things with uh the invisible man last year that i think uh did a perfect job of kind of contemporizing uh, an old, well-torn, well-worn uh, horror movie and kind of flipping it on its head, making it a little bit more relevant with with some social commentary about the state of the world right now. And I think that this movie tried to do that, and it just kind of failed on both fronts of really having substantial commentary that either we haven't heard before or um, explained in an uh, interesting way, and also with the the horror factor of it really relied on gore more than anything else and the the gore didn't really like push the boundaries or do anything that i think too interesting there was a couple kills that i was like okay cool that's that made me go oh but i'm looking for more of that uh for one of these type of movies that like is semi a slasher uh but we don't get it and like i'd say more often than not a lot of the kills i was kind of like rolling my eyes at or like just not into uh, the vibe of it. But I agree with both, both you guys where there's so many elements of this movie that works so well. And that's kind of what disappoints me the most that it doesn't work as a whole. Uh, Cause the, the core cast is fantastic. Um, like so every five seconds you're seeing somebody where you're like, Oh shit, it's, it's her. It's Monica from WandaVision. And Oh man, it's the main dude from one of the main dudes from Watchmen. It's uh, the dude yeah. from, from Zola and from fear of the walking dead and all of them, anytime they're on the screen, they're fantastic fantastic they're engaging you are interested in what's happening when pretty much anyone else is on the screen though i was like they're in a different movie and they are not holding this up the kid actors i i would say are bad in this it's some of the worst screams i've ever heard in a horror movie uh coming from some of these kids and it's like that's that kind of set the tone for me because it happens early in the movie and i was like huh 
that's a choice. That is definitely a choice. Um, but but anyways, I on the Kevin scale, I this is one that I definitely would not recommend uh, going to the theaters for, and I don't even think that it's a must-watch when it comes to, to Netflix. But you're not going to be mad if you watch it. It's not bad. There's nothing about this movie that is bad. It's just... The most five out of ten movie I think I've seen in in a very very long time, and it just sucks because I wanted this to be an eight or a nine so so badly. Any thoughts before we move on to spoiler stuff? No, I have lots of spoilery thoughts. All right, everybody, strap in. It's spoiler time, Joey. Spoil me away. Well, I don't know if this is a spoiler, but the way that they do the like stop motion—I don't know what you call that like animation style Shadow for telling. Puppets. Yeah, um, the way that they use that for telling all of like the stories from essentially anything that did, does like all the exposition, super super fucking dope. Like <clears throat> one of my favorite parts of the movie, and I think it does a really good way of like explaining things for us like that haven't seen the original, but doing it in like a really creative way that isn't just like here's a character telling you a story. It's like really visually engaging, and I fucking love 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 that. Um, I. I feel like I if the I if it wasn't for the end of the movie, I feel like I probably would have liked it better. The whole like pretty much anything after like uh the main character comes into that like dark room and stuff like that and the interaction with the cops happen. Like I feel like that's kind of where it mostly falls apart for me because it's like, is he the candyman? Cause he's coming in like <clears throat> essentially kind of trying to save her, it seems like. And then she some then he dies and then he some they summon him and he doesn't kill her but then she watches him kill another it's just like this is where it kind of gets messy and it's not as i feel like that's kind of where it falls apart for me but i don't know about you guys no i i mean i think for me it fell apart earlier but that totally reinforces what fell apart for me the the movie falls apart where when um uh, we are introduced to a, a high school student that is at the art show that does the summoning, which I think is a cool way to like, phrase what. Very they, fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, um, such a cool element. And um, she like she gets all her friends to do, it. even though she had already done it. She gets all her friends to do it in in the bathroom, and Candyman. She didn't do it. Uh, I don't think she did it all five times though. Really, I thought she did it in front of the mirror when we first introduced introduced to that like she- exhibit. I think she just had the sheet of paper that explained it. I don't. Yeah, I don't think she said anything. She just okay. looked at it and it said Candyman, 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 and got then it, she like, kind of looked at the that's mirror that's and enough. then like, that's Lauren, don't look. Er, there's no not mirror. Lauren. There's no mirror. Camera's camera. okay. Camera's yeah, a okay. reflection <laughs> is good enough though. Remember? Fuck. <laughs> uh, no, but um, so yeah, in that moment, her and all her friends do it, and he comes and murders everyone in the high school, and I just felt like up until that moment, I don't know it if it's was everyone on, in the high school. I'm sorry, you're right. I misspoke totally. <laughs> he murders like everyone. Maybe, maybe four out of five people in the bathroom. The fifth girl yeah, wasn't involved. Um, <laughs> but I, I, up until that moment, it wasn't clear whether this was like a phenomena or the main character was like slipping and like going and causing and killing all these people because they were all people that had like offended him. So, like, I felt like that was such a strong thing, especially to tie it with the character they introduced that was the reporter that was trying to do research, where mm-hmm. it kind of seemed like mm-hmm. she had gone through this process as well. But then it's later revealed she didn't go through this process. She just went crazy and was hiding from Candyman because he had caused all the, ki- the killings that Wait, were pretty- the, oh, the she- reporter or the art critic? The reporter. Gotcha. The- yeah. Got it. I mean, the art critic getting killed fit very good into the narrative of 
oh, he's losing his mind yeah. and it's driving him crazy. And mm. um, I just, I like when, when, and I had a similar critique with The Invisible Man where it was like, it, I think it's stronger, uh, it could have been a stronger movie had it been more a psychological thing of like, is this dude losing his mind? Or like, when when it's like, oh no, there's this, ghost that floats and and kills people that like i think that kind of takes a little bit of the like realism out and it makes it less um suspenseful you know what i mean where it's like because uh our protagonist like being the threat like that's someone that could die and if he dies the story then continues to live on so i feel like the message gets muddled when it's like no he's this supernatural killer that is it sounds like he's motivated by hate, and it's weird that he doesn't kill his girlfriend at the end, even though at that point he's, like, fully the candy man. Yeah, I agree. And, like, I guess the rule... the I I am, like, a little bit confused about the rules, so, like, I'd be really interested in the comments of seeing the original one answers that, of, like, yeah, like, what... Because, like, the... The the art critic never said Candyman, right? Or we assume that she said it in the bathroom off camera. Yeah, that, I mean, that that's the deal? must that's have, right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but see, which, like, like it's yeah. weird that they don't show that, and then at the end, it's weird that the girlfriend says it into the thing, but she doesn't get killed, but all the other cops do. So it's like I think the the rules are a little fast and loose. Yeah. Not to mention, then we never really. I guess we just assume that the girl in the bathroom doesn't die, but it's weird that she's even a part of. <laughs> Like a, I don't know exactly what the commentary I mean, with having her there is. And that's that's my weird. thing is, and I, I can't wait to see someone in the comments like correct me and like let me yeah. know why I'm wrong about this. But this movie felt like it had something to say, but it didn't know how to say it. And so instead of saying something, it just used the word gentrification a couple times. And it's like, okay, but what about it though? Like what, like what, what are you doing with that? I feel like the movie didn't back that up because it did in some ways, but it was like in ways that are like very kind of like the, the surface level. But then it's like, when you watch to the end of the movie, I feel like some, so many elements of it, like the kids in the high school, like that seems weird. Like from a lot of perspectives, it just doesn't work for me. And then especially backed up against the scenes we're talking about with the, the critic. And then um, at the end with the, the cops, it just, there, there feels like there's some, they are playing fast and loose with uh, the not just the rules, but kind of the story that they're they're trying to tell and the way we're, they're trying to make us feel about the the protagonist that that we have. Well, and the weirder part about the scene with the girls in the bathroom at the school is that like we don't actually see any of them die. You see like, or you see so little of like, you don't see any actual kills, I guess is what I'm getting at. You see like a lot of context of like blood dripping and girls crawling and stuff like that. But as far as I remember, you don't actually see him kill anybody in that scene. No. Yeah. It's just the aftermath or like the, like, and that, that is a weird take. Cause it's like, cause that scene makes it feel like it's really trying to be a slasher film. And, mm -hmm. But then they don't focus on the slash part, right? Yeah. And that, yeah. Well, and even like, what's the point of that scene? And with the art critic too, like you see that scene is so cool with him in the mirror and like the transformation, transformation, I guess is what you call it. Um, and then, but the kill of the actual art critic is so small because you're panning out that like, I feel like it would, could be very easy to miss if you're like, especially if you're not watching it in a theater and you're like at home and stuff like that, like. I don't feel like it was super, super obvious. I don't know. That was the one kill that I, I was shouting out in the, the spoiler-free part that, that I didn't mm -hmm. want to spoil yet. But I loved that. I loved seeing yeah, the, I the little 
tiny blood smear going across the thing. That was mm -hmm. awesome. This episode is brought to you by Babbel. When you're traveling to a destination where you don't know the language, it can be challenging to accomplish even the simplest of tasks. Tell me that isn't true. You know, there's one time I remember I was in Bali and I was very overwhelmed, not understanding what was going on. And uh, that could have easily been solved if I had Babbel in my life back then. Thankfully, there's Babbel, the number one selling language learning app. Babbel is a travel essential. Greg Miller's been learning a little French here and there so he can better communicate with one Jean-Vierre Saint-Ange Miller. You know what I'm talking about? Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Pretty cool. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. So that's six months for the price of three. Just go to babbel.com and use promo code morning. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com code morning. Babbel, language for life. Next up, shout out to HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouthwatering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Fall is busy, but HelloFresh recipes save time you'd otherwise spend meal planning, shopping, and shopping so you can get back to what matters. HelloFresh's family-friendly menu is a big win for back-to-school season with easy, delicious recipes for drama-free dinners. Uh, so many members are kind of funny have been loving HelloFresh, including Kevin Coelho and Paula Coelho. She's a vegetarian. He's not. Guess what? There's options for both. It's great. So much cool stuff. Uh, you can go to HelloFresh.com slash morning14 and use code morning14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash morning14 and use code morning14 for up to 14 free meals. Very cool. Go check that out now. One more time. HelloFresh.com slash morning14 14 and use code morning 14 for up to 14 free meals and free shipping and finally shout out to me undies it's fall y'all replace those hydration stations with pumpkin spice lattes and go out of your way to step on crunchy leaves because the coziest time of the year has arrived i love me undies i'm obviously wearing a me undies shirt right now me undies lounge pants me undies undies and me undies socks because that's the type of life that i live i just love their soft micromodal fabric and i want it all over my body MeUndies, can you make some bomber jackets? Please, I want them very, very bad. Imagine the softest thing you've ever felt. Now imagine that's the thing on your butt. That is MeUndies. They're designed by the country's top softness scientists to be the softest thing you've ever worn, period. It's so true, I can attest. To get 50% off your first order, free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash morning. That's MeUndies.com slash morning to get 15% off and free shipping for first time purchasers. And if you're not satisfied with any product for any reason, they'll refund or exchange it. No caveats, no questions. MeUndies.com slash morning. One more time, MeUndies.com slash morning. But yeah, it was weird because at that moment, they're still kind of trying to make us believe that they're they're fucking with the audience of like, it's not some invisible guy throwing around. It, it is him. the dude, yeah. you know, but it's, yeah, it's just weird. And, and then I, the, I the use of the mirrors with the bees, like where we see the bee, like when he does the, what Joey was just talking about, the transformation, but then later in the bathroom, when the bee the like compact. goes in the mirror and the compact and like is flying around, I was like, that's kind of, that's a cool effect. Yeah. But it's just a cool effect, you know, and I'm kind of like, all right, what's it, what does it mean? <laughs> yeah, that's some symbolism. I feel like we're probably missing. 
um yeah so i don't know this is one that i feel like the more i talk about and maybe if i go buzzing outside and i was like oh Oh, hell no you said it tim Tim, you said it oh no it's some construction it's construction Uh, oh that's i'm (laughs) sure that's what all these people thought too i'm sure they (laughs) thought it was construction um i see this being a movie that like the more that i talk about it the more that i look into it like i'm i feel like i might have my mind changed on it like i don't i feel like I don't know. I feel like I want it to be. <laughs> I want to like it, and I want to understand what I'm missing from it, because um, I feel like I. I feel like I do see people being kind of split on this, um, so I'm excited to go around and like read some stuff and explain explain the things to me. Uh, but yeah, I'm very excited for what this means for MCU stuff in the future. Of like, I really like the style of it, and that means and we get more Nia DaCosta for the Marvels. So I'm stoked yeah. on that. Exactly. Yeah, with uh, Tiana Paris too, which is awesome. Right. Oh yeah, yeah I guess that's right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, I, I I can't overstate how awesome the the main cast was, and like they felt so natural. And like any time there was a different combination of them together, like even the the brother of um, yeah of, of Tiana Paris, I mm-hmm. thought was like a super fun character that we don't see much in in movies, especially in horror movies. And I thought they played it in a really interesting way. Um, that got one me of the best engaged. Lines the <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I know. That, okay, so we're in full spoilers here. But Tiana Paris opening the door to the downstairs, like see the stairs, be like, nah, and like close the door. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Nope. Awesome. So awesome. Good. Like that shit. That is is so damn good. I wanted more of that yeah. though. Like I yeah. want more like subverting shit and kind of just like the consistency of doing something that feels a little bit more fresh and new. And yeah, just at the end of the day, for me, this kind of just felt like well worn territory of the uh commentary horror that we've been been doing the last couple years to extremely high quality effect so do you think that if you hadn't have just watched scream which does all of that so well you would have different views of this no i didn't even i wasn't even thinking of scream at all i mean but to that like i i think to call this a slasher is not entirely accurate but then the problem is it's a weird middle ground yeah and and i I I, and and just real quick with that, I, I feel like when you kind of look at this through just the horror lens, like take the commentary stuff out of it, I don't really think it nailed any of the different types of horror genres. Like I, I thought this movie lacked tension to a, a large degree, like Kev was saying that he, he felt some. I, I didn't because so often it was like we were being left in the dark about what was happening. So instead of feeling tense, it was more feeling like interested. I'm like, okay, what are they going to reveal? Like what what is about to happen and instead of like, fuck, what's going to happen, you know? Yeah, I don't, I feel, (laughs) I usually am the one that's most stressed out in these kinds of movies. I'm like covering my eyes and all this stuff. And I feel like I only did that at the end when everything, when they were in the dark tunnel when she's trying to leave the church. And like the screen is literally black and like you just get flashes of light from her flashlight. I feel like that was the only part that I was really like stressed out during. Um, So yeah, I kind of agree with Tim that I didn't think it was, I was expecting it to be way scarier than it ended up being. Me too. Which like I'm fine with. I really dug all of the scenes where um, the Anthony McCoy, the, the protagonist guy, is lo- like looking into mirrors, and we're seeing like either him start to transform or like the Candyman quietly in the background, like peeking around something. Out. Those freaked me out, and like I thought they were like yeah, certainly the 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 one scene where he's um, leaving the um, oh, uh, leaving the uh, um, the. Art critic's house, the art critic's house. Um, 
that's I feel like that 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 little peak really really got me where I was just like oh I'm uncomfortable shit I don't like this yeah uh, real quick before we go what like uh, you know the Zola guy the Coleman Domingo like uh-huh. what was the deal with his character he was just scarred as a kid and didn't let it like couldn't let it go yeah because because him so- his his he never interact well okay he kind of interacted with Candyman. When he like when he saw his sister die, and he gave when, the worst on screen scream I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, isn't do you guys agree about that? The the the, the cutaway, yeah. right? The kid Worth. in the, the beginning of the movie. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's not good. It was. It didn't seem realistic at all. But um, the the so when he sees that guy die, like I guess that was the creation of that generation's Candyman, right? Mm-hmm. So. The only time he actually sees him is when he kills his sister, right? Mm-hmm. So th- th- we're just to understand and believe that he's become obsessed with it and wants to create a new one himself? Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah, it's just points like that. It's like, I don't think that needed to be a narrative. I don't I mean, think that, that's the, the thing. It's like, yeah. at the end of the day, that is the narrative of this movie is this legacy of, of Candyman that like is deep-seated in racism that is going to continue to keep coming back. And it's like, that's really cool. And then they presented it that way. Mm. It's like, there's just some dissonance there where I'm just like, yeah. oh man, like the setup, like that sounds awesome. But then the way they, they played it, especially the way they did the flashbacks and stuff, it was a little confusing as a, yeah, uh, definitely. I actually the didn't framing realize, of it all. I didn't realize you it was realize. a flashback until afterwards. Someone was like, no, that was the kid. And I was like, oh, oh. I thought that was just another random scene. An- yeah. Because, like, so Another... little of the space was shown that it didn't, mm-hmm. like, the houses didn't, like, look super old. I mean, I agree. It was Not weird. to mention that that house looked exactly like the main character's mom's house. So, like, I feel like the the, the stylization of, like, showing different time periods was, like, a little bit weird. Um, also, it's weird that, like, we had that one scene of, like, uh, the main girl. Man, I'm bad with character names. Yeah, but, like, okay. her going back. Yeah. Her going back with, like, dealing with, like, her dad's death. Seemed like a plot point that also didn't really need to be yeah. there. Red herrings, man. Like the, the, yeah. the way they set it up where it's like, okay, he has some issues with his mom and she has some issues with her dad. It was like, okay, what are they, what are these going to be? And like the dad situation, that was just like, all right, whatever. And then even the mom situation, like what a twist for twist's sake. <laughs> like, oh man, you were actually born at this hospital. First off, hospitals would never have that type of record. Sandy, like that. Have you been to a hospital recently? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Uh, but second off, like jokes aside, like that, did that add much to this? Yeah, I don't feel like uh, yeah, they were twisty enough to make them be like, "Ooh, I see what they were doing there." It feels like a little bit like half-hearted. Well, it's also yeah. weird. It did. I don't feel like they set it up where the Candyman want like he like abducted this kid and kept him for a couple days because he wanted to kill him. Right? That's where that, the that- Candyman like motivation for me is confusing of like yeah of who gets killed versus who doesn't also the casting of vanessa williams for the mom was um i feel like she looked way too young for the role i understand she's 58 but like the makeup was really good and i for a moment i like i was like who is this and then in the background of her house there's a hallway where it said mother and i was like all right sure yeah sure sure i saw that too uh i did not know who vanessa williams is so well, she's in the first now, candy man she was in the first and fourth films of the uh, candy man as the mom yeah well, that's cool then 
See, that yeah. that makes sense. Maybe less makeup. I don't know, because she looked like she looked younger than him, right? No, she really did. Okay. She looked fantastic. Like, yeah, and like uh, good for her. It just was another weird thing where like there was too many elements happening around that moment, especially with the flashback was like right around this part too. That like we're we're trying to keep track of everything, and not that it's overly complicated, but it's or not that it's that complex. It's just complicated here, where it's like okay, okay. But but this does make me really want to watch. I guess one? one through four. Yeah. Do I have? I'm I think I want to watch the first one. <laughs> this was the. Fourth. I feel like can't. Okay, I feel like two and three, I don't feel like I hear about and seem like maybe they would have been in the era of like straight to DVD-ish kind of sequels. But I am interested enough in all of, like I want to figure out the puzzle pieces that I'm missing enough to watch the first one, mm-hmm. maybe this weekend. Hold so, on, let me read you guys the the plots. Uh, Candyman 1 in 1992, the first film in this series is a 92 slasher film, so they're calling it slasher, uh, serving as a loose adaptation of the Clive Barker 1985 short story, The Forbidden. Uh, Candyman 2 was Candyman Farewell to the Flesh in 1995. Farewell to the Flesh is the second film in the series. The film follows the the story of a school teacher who comes to learn about her family's past after losing her father due to his obsession with the Candyman. Uh, She denies his existence after hearing her students talk about him and learning that one of her students was obsessed with him. She spoke his name to prove he does not exist, but later finds out he does. (laughs) Uh, Then the third one is Candyman Day of the Dead in 99 way later than I would have expected. Uh, Day of the Dead, uh, the story continues with the teacher's daughter, uh, who's now an adult. She denies Candyman's existence by protecting her family's bloodline as her business partner. There's a theme here. Uh, Miguel uses the story of the great her of her great-great-grandfather, uh, who's the Candyman, in his art exhibit for profit. Caroline soon learns why her mother tries to destroy the myth of Candyman, but is caught between his web of deceptive murders, framing her in order for her to submit to become a mortal as family with him in death. So this is kind of, it feels like a mix of elements of all three of those. different things, interesting. yeah. Yeah, interesting. that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Well, hmm. if you guys go watch Candyman, let us know in the comments below what you think about this. Uh, until next time, I love you all. And Joey, we'll see you in September. <laughs> <sighs>